Hello and welcome to this second episode of The Road to Net Zero, a new podcast from the Advanced Propulsion Centre. My name is Clem Silverman and this week we'll be exploring the hydrogen fuel cell value chain map, part of the insight created by our technology trends team. We've invited energy and transport journalist David James to sit down with our consultant Bhavik Shah and explain more. Please subscribe and check back soon. We'll be releasing new episodes featuring not just our fantastic hydrogen projects, but also the other technology and work the APC is doing on creating a net zero automotive industry. Until then, enjoy this interview. The Advanced Propulsion Centre has been supporting the development of hydrogen fuel cell and hydrogen internal combustion propulsion systems. My name is David James and in this short series of interviews I'm talking to some of the leaders in the field of hydrogen transport. For this interview I travelled to the Advanced Propulsion Centre at the University of Warwick to meet Bhavik Shah of the APC's Technology Trends Team. So what does the Technology Trends Team do? What's your job? We look at uh, future trends within the automotive industry to make sure that we focus our attention in UK technology development and, and where the investments need to go in the right places. Forecasting is a little bit like crystal ball gazing, so it's trying to understand what's happening next, but actually more importantly at the APC is to how do we make those industrially anchor and land in the UK. So what's your main focus at the moment? What's exciting in the world of automotive technology? You've been hearing all the buzz around electrification. Electrification is the thing, but what within electrification is what we dig in and, and um, think about properly. So batteries, batteries has been one of the biggest focus for, for all um, automotive sectors, but batteries is, is a little bit more complex. It's got larger percentage of the value of a full vehicle. These battery chemistries are quite wide and varied. They're very difficult to make and the metals within them are very, very rare. Understanding all of that is really complex. And then you've got to put an electric motor and power electronics on a car that hold all of this together and make this, make this the most efficient uh, zero emission vehicle possible. There is a lot in that space that we needed to look at. And then it's changing landscape. It's batteries and its chemistries is also evolving, it's changing and the stability is also what we're, we're looking at as well. But what's new is, as you said, is what people ask about. And uh, hydrogen and fuel cells is the new uh, kid on the block. It's always been around. It's been around since the 1800s. We've had this technology, but it's been the right zero emissions technology to industrial, in, in, industrialize for particular applications in automotive now. So it's the most exciting place where there's no clear winners uh, within fuel cell production systems. We can still develop these and hydrogen tanks is playing an interesting role in this as a storage device parallel to what a battery would do is what the hydrogen tank does and what the fuel cell does actually just converts that molecular energy into electrons. It's a very different way to power a vehicle. So why are we interested in hydrogen now? What's different now between, well, we could say the 1800s, but you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, a few people were aware of hydrogen fuel cells for transportation, but not like now. What's, what's changed? Totally. No, you're so right. So hydrogen has been around for more than 100 years. As, as we said, the technology got birth in the 1800s. It's been there. Um, the whole thing with diesel and petrol being a very uh, sensible fuel, a very good fossil fuel, just took over the world for about 100 years. Basically, now we've got climate change. We have to rethink our, our way of doing things. And that's why electricity and the use of electricity is important. Unfortunately, a fully battery electric car itself doesn't solve all of the transport problems. There are some vehicles that need a, a higher utilization, high power and high energy, where batteries is struggling to meet that. So for heavy goods vehicles, for example, 
to do this purely on battery is going to be harder, especially when you've got to put a ton of batteries on a vehicle to make that journey time work and then charge it for a, a downtime where utilization is key. This doesn't work all the way. So hydrogen is rebirthing, as you said, and it's in two ways. It's rebirthing as a fuel cell technology, and it can also combust, as, as has been proven before. Hydrogen combustion is still a viable technology as well, and therefore it's ready to do zero emissions for us for the future. So where do you see the growth coming from? What's going to drive demand for hydrogen? The growth for this technology is coming from applications that need high power and high utilization. That's really the key. It'll happen mainly in a heavy duty sector. So big 44 ton trucks that need to travel 500 kilometers uh, a day, a journey or a thousand kilometers, shipping goods from uh, mainland Europe, Poland, all the way to Scotland. They've got to cover this range of distance, need some sort of power source that can they can hold on board and batteries doesn't cut it quite so well. So within heavy goods trucks, we expect that. We start to see already in vans where you've got to keep this delivery goods running all the time, 24 seven, it's starting to emerge in that. And with certain light duty vehicles like SUVs. So Jaguar Land Rover are looking at their heavier SUVs, looking at hydrogen technologies for that. Now, you've been looking very much at the commercial opportunities for the UK, UK supply chain. Just give us an overview of the work you've done. What, what are you trying to achieve? To play in this space, which is just birthing and growing, we need to just get industry aligned on the same value creation process. What we did develop was a value stream map at the, uh, the APC for fuel cells technology and for hydrogen tanks. This allows us to know what's required to make a full fuel cell system in the UK and a, fuel, and a hydrogen tank within the UK and understand the players and the strengths and address any gaps that are there. What's been useful about that, you can take all of the upstream materials aspects that help make a fuel cell system. So that goes into uh, MEA, uh, membrane electrode assemblies. It builds up the bipolar plates to go with it, to make a cell, to make a stack, and then we can put the full system balance of plant and the hydrogen tank with it. By drawing out, outlining this whole value stream map, we're able to engage people in technologies that are outside of the automotive industry, but will be very attractive. So electrochemistry, for example, how can we start to see more of that appear in our, in our automotive supply chains uh, from sectors that have previously not been there. Okay, so effectively you're identifying what's needed to make not just a fuel cell, but the, the entire drive chain, the, the process of turning hydrogen into forward momentum in a, in a vehicle. Looking at some of the clever technology and the existing supply chain that might be adapted and, and putting it all together. What are you finding in terms of what's the opportunity for the UK supply chain? So because we're migrating to these new types of vehicle propulsion systems, we're noticing that other sectors which have skills, we could easily repurpose this into fuel cell manufa manufacturing. The other thing we're finding is that existing automotive techniques of building and assembly can be repurposed from what we have as a industrial structure. For example, ice manufacturing. There are skills and techniques around assembly systems that we can easily apply to making stacks for fuel cells. So what we found is players like Johnson Matthew, who are very good at electrochemistry, can do more within a stack manufacturing system, a membrane electrode assembly that they make right now, which uses a lot of catalysts and coatings, can expand in the UK because we've got that richness of depth. There's companies that make carbon paper, for example, that would play within our sector. Bipolar plates is another component that we're after. And this could be stamped and made in the UK because we are good at making uh, automotive assemblies from stamps, st stamping, so we can, we can do that as well. The 
last one is we then recognize that we've got a headquartered company in the UK that makes carbon fiber tanks internationally in, in North America, and that's Luxville. They, they have the technology, and, and, and then seeing that footprint grow in the UK by the UK demand expanding, existing, that could help that, a, a local investment in that way. Have you looked at the numbers in financial terms or job terms or something like that? What, what benefit are we looking at for the UK if we get this right? Yeah, the, this value chain was really important in getting those numbers right. So we realized when we mapped out the value chain, we said, ah, we are, we're playing 15% of a role within the whole value chain, value add chain of, of the fuel cell system. That's interesting. And that's a nucleus of very core capability in electrochemistry mainly there. And we thought, hang on a second, but we could play, as we said, in bipolar plates, we could play in expanding into hydrogen tank production. And that UK could be 65% of, of that full value chain could be owned by UK produ produced parts. And that's a very, very exciting opportunity for UK manufacturers. Uh, have you got a sense of a value on that? What does 65% look like going out to 2030 or? So per system, we calculated 65% of fuel cell ambition per system is a 3,000 pound opportunity per system. Any idea what the demand's gonna be? I mean, it, it's, it's very difficult to know, but what we do know is that internal combustion engines aren't gonna be made in the UK for cars anymore by 2030, and trucks, there's a, there's a deadline. All, all the legacy systems, they are gonna get phased out. So I guess we've gotta to, got to replace yeah. all of that. How, how big an opportunity is that? Yeah, so, so fuel cells and hydrogen will form a part of the mix. It won't be everything. Battery electric is gonna be the majority. We've got two sectors to think about, is light duty and heavy duty. Within heavy duty, fuel cells could play a larger role. About 30% of, of vehicles in 2040, we expect to be fuel cell driven in the heavy goods sector. Batteries will get better and they will play a role. But remember, the very, very heavy vehicles is gonna be very likely to be fuel cell driven. Light duty is gonna start cre creeping in, as we said, because there are some high power and um, high utilization applications that, that need this as well. Now, the UK has got a big footprint on light duty vehicle production. So when we just look at vans, for example, Stellantis, even Ford, have got a hydrogen vehicle project in mind. And Jaguar Land Rover have got Project Zeus with the APC at the moment. And that project is looking at a Defender converted into a fuel cell vehicle. So looking at those kind of applications, we then looked at which kind of vehicles we get made in the UK. And we think by 2035, 140,000 of these vehicles will be fuel cell driven. And that's 14 gigawatts of fuel cell stack capacity and 400,000 hydrogen tanks needed to supply that demand. So if we do nothing, we might take 15% of that value, and if we get this right, 65%. Absolutely, and not, not forgetting, this is an international export opportunity. So if you become the fuel cell, first leader in fuel cell production systems worldwide, we start exporting. So that's why we say getting ahead of the curve is really important. We've got a particular advantage at the moment in the UK with the parts we make and the technology and the capability with this, this nucleus of capability that we have. And this is an opportunity for growth and export that makes us the leaders worldwide for fuel cell systems manufacturing. In terms of the road ahead, what needs to happen now for UK PLC to capitalize on this opportunity? What do we need to do? There's three major steps that we need to do for UK PLC. So the first step is always about the technology and innovation steps that still need to be put in place to make this industrially possible to make fuel cells at good cost. So we need to have the innovation steps to make it um, low cost manufacturing. 
The second one is we need to put the investments in, co-invest into these places as we grow the capacity in the UK to make this happen. And the third one is increase the supply chain integration so that supply chain to supply chain could start to land this as a full system production. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this interview. To find out more about hydrogen transport and the work of the Advanced Propulsion Centre in supporting low carbon mobility, visit apcuk.co.uk.